You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The reigning American League Division champions head into 2020 with their sights set on bigger things. This is the show that keeps you plugged into that pursuit with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And here's your host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, hello once again, Chris Atterbury from our network headquarters here at Target Field. It is the Twins Hot Stove Show on a day we dearly need. A hot stove to gather around here in the uh, chilly upper Midwest. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. Another fantastic show for you. Derek Falvey is set to join us from the winter meetings in San Diego, the heart of the baseball universe right now. And we'll have Devin Smeltzer in studio as well. Devin Smeltzer and last week's guest Taylor Rogers are in town for the holiday week of giving. Uh, They have put a big, big fingerprint all over some of the charitable uh, activities going on in and around the Twin Cities this week. And we'll be at an awards ceremony tonight. And Devin, kind enough to carve out some time for us. But we start with news and there's plenty of it. So let's get to our baseball bulletin to kick things off. We start with news that broke right after we aired last week. Michael Pineda back to the Twins on a two-year deal. Still 39 games left on his suspension. So he will be out until uh, a little ways, uh, about two months into the the season. It's a two-year deal. It is a cost-beneficial deal to the Minnesota Twins as Michael Pineda is back. And we did ask Devin Smeltzer about the return of Pineda. A lot of fans were like, why would you want him back? Look what he did. A very different feeling from his teammates. And Devin will speak to that a little bit later uh, in our program. Alex Avila, or is it Avila? We're going to have to check with Alex. Uh, A one-year deal to be the catching counterpart, left-handed counterpart to Mitch Garver. As uh, Alex Avila, uh, whose father, of course, Al, is the general manager of the Tigers, Uh, Avila came up with the Tigers, he went to the Cubs, he's with the Diamondbacks, and he will now be the left-handed counterpart to Mitch Garver's right-handed silver slugging bat in the Twins' catching core. Another move, maybe not a big headlining move like Garrett Cole signing with the Yankees for all the money in the world, or Steven Strasburg going back to the Nationals, or even Zach Wheeler to the Phillies. Nomar Mazzara quietly acquired by the White Sox. They've been super right-handed heavy. He will give them a powerful left-handed bat in a very small home run friendly ballpark. So don't sleep on the Nomar Mazzara news. That was in the fine print. Moving on to the White Sox, who have been very, very active. Nick Cafardo, the late Nick Cafardo, great sports writer out of Boston, awarded the Spink Award. That coming out of the winter meetings. Uh, he will be uh, announced at the Hall of Fame posthumously as the winner of the Spink Award. Our own Patrick Royce, he finished third uh, in that voting. And the Ford Frick Award for broadcast excellence at the Hall of Fame goes to the Hawkeroo. That's right, Hawk Harrelson. You can indeed put it on the board as he is the winner uh, this season. And he will speak memorably, I'm sure, at Cooperstown this summer. Also some news on the Major League Draft. That will now be held in Omaha just before the College World Series. And that's going to be something that's going to be fun uh, as we work our way towards June and the draft to talk about and add a little spice to the event. There's also some news for you today. If you're a Twins fan, you see tickets for the 2020 home opener. They're on sale today, Wednesday, April 2nd against the A's is the home opener after starting on the road at Oakland and Seattle. 
Twins Fest is coming up on January 24th and 25th. Those tickets are available as well. So start wearing out the internet, twinsbaseball.com or the phone, 833-TWINS. And a reminder that there's a special holiday offer. If you buy before December 31st two tickets to the home opener on April 2nd against the A's, you can get two tickets to any other April home game. That is a good deal and one you won't want to miss. So that is our baseball bulletin. And again, it's 833-TWINS and twinsbaseball.com. This is the Hot Stove Show. Derek Falvey is on deck. We're also going to hear from Devin Smeltzer. But first, it's our What's Brewing competition. We're going to give out our Killebrew prize pack and some ice-cold Killebrew root beer is going to be on the front porch of Sam O'Brien. We got a lot of responses last week to our question, which was, with uh, no tender made towards C.J. Crone, who would start the bulk of the games at first base? John Beach said it was going to be Miguel Sano. Tom Fremming had our favorite answer, Joe Maurer, in all caps. And we also heard some uh, various ideas on either Crone being back or Marwin Gonzalez being back. But Sam O'Brien is our winner, and here's the tweet. This one's pretty obvious. All right, Adrianza will fill the void of Crone at first base. They gave him another chance because in 18, we saw a glimpse of what he could do in 2020. Uh, he's going to try to add Sam as RA to his arsenal of signatures because he thinks he's going to have a breakout season. Certainly saw Adrianza there quite a bit. They also like him at a lot of other positions, and he did sign a deal to be back in the fold next year. So we'll find out how many games he starts at first, but Sam says he's going to get the boatload of them. That moves us on, of course, to this week's question. You can play our What's Brewing game brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer quite simply. Hashtag Twins Radio at Twins Radio. Answer the question. You can do it live if you're listening across our networks as I speak or on Facebook Live. Or if you podcast our show with all the bonus material from Derek Falvey and Devin Smeltzer this week, uh, you can play throughout the course of the week. And our question is this. Garrett Cole is off the board. Steven Strasburg off the board. Zach Wheeler is off the board. The Twins have Jake Odorizzi, Jose Barrios, Michael Pineda, uh, and a combination of our guest Devin Smeltzer, Randy Dobnak, uh, perhaps Lewis Thorpe expected to fill that fifth spot. There is one rotation spot empty. Who makes the bulk of the spots? Who fills out that rotation? Who is your fifth twin starter? Is it a free agent target like Madison Bumgarner? Is it a Dallas Keuchel? Is it Rick Porcello? Is it somebody out of the minor leagues? Is it somebody that the Twins trade for, like a Chris Archer? You tell us. Tell us who is going to be that starter and why at the top half of the Twins rotation in 2020, and you could win yourself some ice-cold Killebrew root beer to enjoy this holiday season. Again, at Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio. We'll take a break as we are off and running here on another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. When we come back, we'll be joined by the baseball boss himself, Derek Falvey from San Diego on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It is, of course, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created, legends are made. We're joined by Derek Falvey uh, from the winter meetings in San Diego, and this is going to air across our network and on Facebook Live a little after 6 o'clock here in the central time zone. Uh, uh, Derek, uh, we are uh, in full transparency speaking closer to noon central time so you've got six hours to uh, do something crazy with your roster uh, that won't appear in this interview Uh, but we'll start with what has gone on at the winter meetings and what we've seen here is that the ice is unclogged a lot earlier on the free agency market here in uh, 2019 than it did a year ago or even two years ago is that a surprise to you at all Uh, and uh, or has this been kind of about what you would expect in terms of the timeline of some of these bigger moves 
You know, I, re- I remember a year ago talking about this a bit and saying that I felt uh, every year has its own pace, its own its own set of players, its own uh, trade market, free agent market or otherwise. I guess I feel no differently a year later. I, I think that this is a year clearly where there's been a little bit more activity earlier than there was last year. Uh, you can say it's maybe specific to the individual players in the market or uh, the position, the positions and, and fits. So I do think that uh, for for each market, there's a, a different uh, pace to it, and I think at winter meetings, you're obviously having a lot of conversations. I, I do anticipate it will continue to progress all the way through January and maybe even in the late January as well, but we'll continue to keep those conversations going throughout throughout the timeline. We often see it happen in chunks position-wise as well. We saw a run on catchers, and you grabbed a backup catcher in that run as well. Now the starting pitchers have, have gone quickly. Wheeler first, then Strasburg, and of course Garrett Cole with a massive deal, the historic deal with the New York Yankees. Where are the Twins now in terms of free agent pitching, and are the Twins still active as one would expect in the in the trade market for starting pitching as well yeah I, I would say that um, you know certainly we knew those those three guys in particular you just mentioned were going to be uh, among the top of the class uh, this year so uh, to see what was reported last night on, on Cole and, and Strasburg obviously you know significant numbers uh, on a lot of fronts and I think it, at this point now you're looking at a different uh, area of the the free agent group, and ultimately, uh, hopefully, that will allow for some conversations to progress and, and proceed going forward. Uh, I would say that we're still active in all of these conversations. You know, having a lot of dialogue with individual agents as well as teams, as you said. I, I think uh, maybe what has transpired so far this year that isn't all that inconsistent with with past seasons uh, is that the free agent market tends to clarify a little little bit more first before the trade market picks up or gets active. Uh, so I think at this stage, I, I would say that's less active right now than the conversations you're having with agents for free agent players. But uh, we continue to stay engaged with clubs as well. You're, now, you're never going to tell publicly what, what you're doing. That, that would uh, defeat the point of negotiations and trying to secure guys in free agency. But there are different phrases that pop up this time of year, whether it's uh, Derek from, from the Twins or from other clubs, and there's engaged or there's conversations. But all of those conversations have differing levels of, uh, what would the word be, intensity or, or reality in terms of being close. As a pursuing team, are there times where maybe you don't even know if you're legitimately close or not until a deal gets done? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a good way to put it, Chris. I, I, there are some times when, uh, you know, to give kind of the listeners a little bit of background, sometimes agents actually ask not to receive offers for a period of time. You know, they want to gauge what teams are interested. They're not looking to receive any proposals from any club. Uh, they maybe want to talk with their player and have their player talk to some of either me in the front office or Rocco or coaches or things like that. So just to get a better feel before they start uh, differentiating between offers. And so that happens quite frequently. And, and when that occurs, if you make a proposal, you may learn very quickly you're, you're at, you know, out, uh, not because of the financial terms, but maybe just because as they think about the fit, they, they look at things differently uh, or that you're in and you're in right to the end. And, and ultimately there's a, a phone call when you know you're at, at the goal line on it. So I think that uh, this year, no different than others, we've had those conversations where some start a little more aggressively like they did with um, whether it was Alex uh, Avila or, or Michael Pineda, uh, or sometimes they just go a little bit slow. When you look at free agency, I think fans sometimes forget that this is the first chance that most players have to, to actually choose where they want to work. 
Uh, it's a, an odd industry in that you get drafted, you're with a team, you don't have control of whether you get traded or not. So this is a hard-earned, and not everybody gets to free agency, it is a hard-earned opportunity to actually choose where you want to be. That means that it's a lot different than just backing up the Brinks truck. What are some of the factors that you hear and have heard throughout your career from players, whether it be geography, whether it be tax bracket, whether it be weather, whether it be uh, family either close or far, what are some of the factors that maybe as fans we don't think about but that you have to be incredibly cognizant of, including relationships with staff members as you're pursuing free agents? Yeah, I, I think I've, you've hit on a bunch of them right there. I think that uh, every player is different, and every player, as you said, who gets the free agency has earned that right to make some of those decisions. And quite frankly, I think most fans probably believe it's just about the dollars and cents at the end of the day, and obviously that's an important driver financially. But we've had plenty of conversations with players who uh, have a, a deep respect for Minnesota and, and like, the, like the organization, like the team, are interested, but maybe just geographically they feel – uh, there's a closer connection to their home if they're from the South or, or West Coast or, or somewhere else. So that's and I can appreciate that. I actually respect it on the front end when they they share that. So we've had that dialogue with different players where uh, they've uh, oftentimes a player will call individually and just say, I want to thank you for your interest. Um, but right now I'm focused a little bit more on a couple of other clubs because I either have I've been there for you know a number of years. You hear that quite often where a player wants to go back to where he's played for a good chunk of his career or uh, or it's there's something specific geographically or or family related or where they are in their career. The one thing I will say is every every free agent we talk to uh, this cycle uh, believes that Minnesota is a great place to play and really believes in our team and feels it's a good group on the field. So uh, that that's usually part of the conversation, too. And uh, I think we've, we've certainly checked that box. And on that note, that means you're going to have other clubs interested in your players. And have you seen that ramp up? this winter meetings as well and have you been surprised maybe at where some of the attention is on on your guys or is it the usual suspects trying to pry pry players out of there that you kind of assumed going in you know i, I would say that candidly I, I don't know that we've had as much of that dialogue as i, I would expect at this point I, I think there's because of what i said earlier around the focus maybe first on the free agent market there's been a little bit less focus specifically on the on the trade targets with us so whether that's prospects or uh, players on the major league team. Again, that's not something I, uh, I'm, I'm particularly surprised by. I think that's pretty common this time of year. But I, I would anticipate that will continue to grow as, as the winter wears on and maybe more options are off the board on the free agent side. Uh, and some options for, for roster filling tomorrow, the Rule 5 draft. Now, generally, when you're a competing and contending club, hard to carry a guy who is a Rule 5 draftee. tends to be more of when you're a different process of your, your growth process a, as a club. But you've got a couple of guys that might be available, and they kind of, in many ways, uh, signify the type of players uh, that you hope to sneak past the Rule 5 draft. I'm talking specifically about a guy like Griffin Jacks, a little older, mature, uh, who could probably hide on somebody's roster there for, for a full year, and you hope maybe he doesn't, but he doesn't have that big velocity that's often a carrot. Wander Javier is a guy with a, a ton of talent, but he's been injury-plagued, hasn't put up the big numbers offensively, hasn't really had a chance to put up those numbers yet in the minor leagues. Are you just crossing your fingers going into tomorrow that maybe guys like that slide through and you can keep their development in the Twins organization? 
Well, no question. The, the guys you have in your system, uh, you know, even the ones you didn't protect, of course, you, you want to keep them and you want to continue to grow and develop them. I can tell you this, that, that for the years I've been in the game, I think every year, uh, tonight's the night where every team hears that they're about to lose five or six players in the Rule 5 draft because there's some level of interest in their, in their guys. So every team uh, goes into tomorrow with a little bit of trepidation around the potential of a number of players that could be selected. But you also have to recognize the history of the Rule 5 and, and the challenge that, that, that exists. I mean, oftentimes you're talking about a player who hasn't necessarily played above A ball or double A uh, that has to be on a major league roster for the entirety of the season and perform. And it has happened, certainly, in some cases, um, spectacularly well. And uh, I do think that uh, there are opportunities for those kinds of players. But it's a challenge for sure. Uh, it's a challenge to keep those players you know, at the major league level for a season. And our focus has been let's just continue to try and get these guys uh, to be the best they can be because we've had players before we've left unprotected and they eventually find their way onto our major league roster and impact us. So that's the way we're looking at it. Yeah. And when you look at the way the league was last year, really the, the death of the middle class in terms of competitive clubs, you had really good teams and you had some pretty bad teams who were uh, in, in a rebuilding phase. Does that lead to more likelihood of losing guys because there is a larger chunk now than generally there has been over the last uh, couple of decades of teams that aren't necessarily in that upper strata? It, it, it could for sure. I think that you, you certainly see teams that are maybe, as you, as you identified, more in rebuild mode where they're less focused just on the, the short-term wins at the major league level. Those are teams that probably could hold one of those players for the majority of the year. That said, I think that's happened over the last couple of seasons. When we look at those clubs, even those teams uh, have had a hard time keeping some of those players during the course of a season. So it just speaks to how hard it is to play 162 games at the major league level uh, no matter how talented you are, uh, if you haven't had the experience and exposure you need at the upper level. No question about that. Uh, Rules-wise, have there been confirmation that this three-batter minimum is going to be in effect? You know, I, we've had that conversation, certainly, uh, at the GM level. I think the owners, ultimately, uh, along with the commissioner, will make any level of announcement there. But at, at this point, I think we're all planning as that being a, a part of the process for next year. And getting away from players, you guys are looking to acquire some coaching talent as well. You have... Now, officially, the ability to see uh, the handsomest manager uh, in Major League Baseball. Have you found that handsome manager a bench coach? <laughs> so I, uh, Rocco, um, we all know and, and love. And, and so when we talked to him yesterday about the uh, – he won manager of the year in the American League. That was a great award. But we made sure that uh, the most handsome manager of the year was, uh, was, was the one we made, uh, we made light of in the room uh, collectively. Uh, he doesn't like it, so make sure you poke fun at him. It'll be a lot of fun if you see him and talk about it. But uh, we're, we're working through that now. You know, we, we feel we've added uh, some, some really good people to our organization and our, and our staff throughout the minor leagues and, and ultimately at the major league level with Edgar Varela joining. We're still working through some potential candidates in, in a few of those roles, uh, some internal, some external. So should be uh, should be fun, you know, to ultimately get our staff together and, and really look at the future together with them. And I anticipate that over the next couple of weeks. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. And Derek, one final question before I let you get back to the uh, palm trees and the business at hand at the winter meetings. Are the winter meetings still necessary with this age of Uber connectivity? You guys, uh, and I say you guys meaning people running ball clubs, are constantly in contact with one another. It's not as if this is the only time everybody gets together. There's still obviously a value in FaceTime. Do you feel that the winter meetings are still as necessary for the operational standpoint of your club, uh, or has it become more of a kind of a, a, a media frenzy type event? 
I think you highlighted the, the differentiator there when you said from an operational standpoint. I, we are in, in Minnesota, uh, whether we're here or in Minnesota, we're calling plenty of clubs. We're talking to the agents you know, on the phone, obviously, or, or through email or text or however we're communicating. Uh, that doesn't change here. There is an opportunity to have more face time, which is a, a positive for sure. But I would say operationally, the winter meetings at one point were a really important time to get in contact with one another uh, and spend time really hashing out some of those details. That's probably become less uh, less important on that side as you as you illuminated. But at the same time, you know, to have a big event around baseball uh, early December and really focus the attention on the sport, I, I think it's a great thing for our industry. And uh, there's there's a lot of fun too in being able to connect with a lot of people you don't get to spend a lot of time around from other clubs over the course of the season. So. I enjoy it, and uh, it's a great way to break up the middle of the winter. Beautiful. Well put, Derek. Enjoy your last couple of days in San Diego, and we'll see you back here and continue to uh, keep an ear to the ground for uh, uh, pending announcements, whether it's coaching staff, players, roster construction, or whatnot, on into the rest of the offseason. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Have a good day. All right, that's Derek Falvey joining us here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Devin Smeltzer joins us next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. And here's the pitch. Swan miss got him. So Yelich goes down swinging seven strikeouts for Smeltzer. He's got a proud walk coming off the field right now. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We've heard from Derek Falvey, who joined us from San Diego, and now we're joined by Devin Smeltzer, uh, who is making an uh, in-studio visit as uh, Devin, along with Taylor Rogers, in town for the holiday week of giving. Uh, and boy, Devin, it's a lot colder here than at your home in Fort Myers, but you guys have had some serious impact over the course of the last couple of days. Tell people kind of some of the, the activities you and Taylor have been up to representing the Twins here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, it's been great. We started out at Gillette, um, got to put some smiles on kids and their families' faces, and then we went to the Wild Game last night, represented the, the, the firefighters and, and Taylor's uh, foundation so that was awesome and then this morning we got to go to the state patrol office and deliver some blankets for kids for um like accidents and stuff if the cars stopped running and you know we had the lunch in today and then we'll go accept an award for Rocco tonight at the uh, award ceremony so yeah it's been been a fun few days yeah and you mentioned the Gillette hospital visit and Joe Maurer was there a big big part of he and Maddie and what they do for Gillette and Justin Morneau was there along with you and and with Taylor and the story is out, and we've discussed it, and people have seen the, the tear-jerking Chase Utley story and Chase visiting you as a young patient in the hospital. In the wake of that, now that you're a, a fully minted major leaguer making these visits, when you're meeting the kids, when you're looking around, do you wonder? Like, Do you, do you ever think, like, is there a guy here that one day I'm going to pop into the clubhouse and, and surprise down the road? It's funny. We uh, we are run. I was running one of the stands at the party yesterday and they were all throwing snowballs and it seemed like every kid that came up was throwing left-handed and <laughs> arguably throwing harder than I throw. So, you know, you never know. And, you know, just being able to have some fun with them and kind of make light of the situation. And, and, you know, these kids are stuck in there for the holidays and, you know, I've, I've been in that road and it's tough. So, you know, anytime you can give them a sense of normalcy and have some fun with them, it's it's a great day. Now, and the fact that someone who's been in their shoes can come back and visit has to be such a, a hopeful visit for kids in that situation. You do such a great job with it. I want to move to your baseball playing as well because we could talk about uh, what you've overcome for hours, and it's a phenomenal story. But I think sometimes people forget 
as a baseball player, what you've been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that's your livelihood now. You're coming off your major league debut. You've had a taste of what it's like in the playoffs. You've had a taste of, uh, of I know I belong here in the major leagues. Now it's back to work. And as Taylor said earlier in the luncheon today, it's so hard to make the big leagues. It's even harder to stay in the big leagues. And now you find yourself at that point. It's the point you've been waiting your whole career to get to. What are you doing to embrace that moment and seize that moment? You know, with everything we've talked about with my backstory, I know that that every day is is a blessing and every day isn't isn't guaranteed. So, you know, I, I attack every day in the off season like, you know, tomorrow's not going to be there. So I, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I put in the work that I'm ready to go. And, you know, I don't want to let this city down or the team down. And you know, I'm, I'm going to be ready to fill whatever role they need me to. And right now we're looking at a rotation where Thad and Derek have made it very clear. They expect, uh, whether it be you, Randy, Lewis, a combination of you guys, uh, to be a part of that rotation. And whether it's at the start of the year, whether it's first stretch during the year, they fully expect you guys now to be contributors to a contending team. That matches your expectation level as well, doesn't it? Oh, without a doubt. You know, I, I ended last season – you know, with a chip on my shoulder and you got to have that confidence that you believe you deserve that spot and nobody, you got to chase it like people are chasing you. And, you know, I'm great friends with Randy and Thorpe and, you know, they're great teammates and everything, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun competition come spring and, you know, try to fill this role and whether it's one, two, three, however many, um, it's going to be a lot of fun and, you know, it's going to be friendly competition, but, you know, I, I think it's going to be awesome. What did you learn the most from your major league experience? Um, the game doesn't change very much. Um, I think uh, a lot of people have this view that, you know, baseball is so much different at the big league level. The guys just don't miss as much, so you have to miss less as well. Other than that, there's a few more fans. The pay's a little better, but other than that, it's baseball. And I know Taylor touched on it earlier. It's a round ball, round bat. I've always had that mindset as well that, you know, they're trying to square it up. And, uh, you know, you just you got to control what you can. And if you put in the work and the preparation, you can go out and just play. And speaking of controlling, you can control what you throw. You can control uh, the development of your pitches. Are you a guy who likes to get uh, into the lab, as it were, and try to create pitches? Uh, are you trying to shape your breaking ball differently? Are you trying to, to add another pitch to your repertoire this offseason? You know, I think a great example as somebody to look up to is Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw comes in every year with either a new pitch, he adds a drop down or whatever. He evolves every year to make sure that he stays at the top. And he did that as the most dominant pitcher of the era. He was still adding. There's a reason why he stays at the top, and that's because he evolves every offseason. It may be something little that a fan or someone doesn't even notice, but he's evolving. And like Taylor said, it's, it's harder to stay than to get here. That says a lot about it because it's really hard to get here. (laughs) That is. So um, you see a guy like that who's the best of the best who can be content, but would he have had the same career if if he didn't didn't have that drive to want to get better every single year? And I'm the same way. I'm not out there throwing 100 miles an hour, so I have to make sure that you know I keep changing to make sure I keep the guys on their toes and you know stay at the top of my game. Michael Pineda re-signed by the Minnesota Twins, and fans, I think, have had a hard time understanding how teammates weren't more angry with Michael. And being in the building and part of the group, I think we were all just sad uh, when Michael Pineda couldn't pitch down the stretch, and, and I think he was incredibly contrite. As a teammate, can you express or maybe explain to fans 
that level of support that he has because the support he's had within this building is fantastic and it's beautiful to see but it's something i think a lot of people don't fully understand yeah if you're not in there i i can see how it's hard to grasp but big mike's a big brother you know he uh took me under his wing and there may be the language barrier and (laughs) yeah you know he always gave me his two cents and he's a good guy to learn from you know he's been there he's done that he's been through injuries he's been through everything and he's a great guy to have around the clubhouse you know I talked to him a lot as much as I could and just like I just touched on with evolving it's a smart thing to talk to the guys who have done it for a long time because there's a reason why they've done it for a long time and they are obviously doing something right so if you can learn as much from them as possible and you know, it was it was a very sad day when he came in and addressed the team, and because, um, like I said, he was like a big brother. Yeah, no time to to be angry, really. You had to move on yep. and, and into the support role as you guys have done. You mentioned Kershaw. You were with the Dodgers organization, and, and Mike. Who were some of the other people that you've leaned on and that you continue to lean on as you try to continue to grow into the best possible version of Devin Smeltzer? You know, I I watch a lot of player comp type things, and like I said, Velo's not. <laughs> necessarily my top thing but I've always looked up to to Chris Sale I watch him pitch we kind of have some funk and um you know guys like Keiko I I kind of have a player comp with him and I liked watching how he pitches and uses the whole strike zone three-dimensionally not just this flat square that you're trying to throw the ball through um I love on that three-dimensionally because I think that's such a fascinating concept in terms of how you even think about pitch usage and and what stuff really is explain to people what you mean by three-dimensional um everyone thinks that you're just kind of trying to touch the strike zone and like the painted square on the wall you're just like when you're watching it on FSN when they Mm -hmm. have the the square in there if you don't have a three-dimensional strike zone and you're just trying to cross pitches in that area it can lead to some damage then we have information on guys that swing at pitches and that go through the zone at different times. And, um, you know, you want to use the top of the strike zone. Sometimes you want to kind of cross the plate towards the back of the plate and get guys looking and just a, a way to look at the zone because it kind of teaches you how to use your pitches. Yeah, and the great pitchers, the successful ones, are never right in the middle. I mean, the mm-hmm. guys who can command a strike zone, you're not just throwing it anywhere over the spot. You're mm-hmm. you're working your way around it. And as you said, up, down, in, out, yep. all over the place. Definitely, definitely. And, and with your misses, uh, I know one of the biggest things is, is you want to miss spot side, right? If everybody misses. You, you can go watch a game. The percentages of, of guys hitting their spot and hitting that glove is extremely low, way lower than most people think. Um, but when they do miss, they're missing spot side to where they don't get hurt. So it's it's all about the work you put in and being able to have the confidence to throw those pitches. Devin Smelter is our guest here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Great to have him in town along with Taylor Rogers as they are doing a whole lot of good representing the Twins as part of this holiday week of giving. You'll be back to warmer climates uh, tomorrow uh, as you'll be headed back uh, to Fort Myers. I would assume a great group of people to work out with in the offseason being in Fort Myers near the complex? Oh, without a doubt. I go over there and throw. I actually lift somewhere else with my trainer, uh, Rick Laidman, down in Naples at Beyond Motion. Um, But, yeah, I can go in there whenever and kind of get my throwing in, get some supplements and some smoothies and kind of hang out with the guys. So it's it's really nice having a second home down there that you can go and have that camaraderie and that brotherhood. And as they run through these different camps and the way the off season is now being treated, you get different waves of familiar faces too coming through. And does it strike you at all different now that you're the guy 
that they're looking up to as opposed to you being the minor league guy, maybe trying to pull some wisdom from the big league guy? You know, I've, I've always had the mindset that you're being chased. If you have that mindset, you're going to want to run faster and work harder and make sure you're staying in front of them. But, yeah, it, it's, it's cool to be able to talk to these guys and, and help them learn because nobody's perfect and, you know, you're in – even if you're in the big leagues for 20 years, you still have a ton to learn. And so. nobody gets here alone. The second yeah, you exactly. think you know it all, you are cooked, oh, whatever your without line it, of work is. So it goes right back to what I said with evolving as the game goes on and your career goes on. So, you know, just talking baseball with anybody, you're going to get better. All right, Devin Smeltzer is our guest. Great to have him in studio. And Devin, we always close up with three cuts, get you into the batter's box here a little bit, and, uh-huh. uh, and let you swing in some softballs. And I will start with this one. What does a Smeltzer family Christmas look, sound, or taste like? What kind of uh, traditions? Is it a big gathering, small gathering? What's a Smeltzer family holiday look like? Um, I think we, since I started dating my wife back in high school, we kind of do a, every other year we switch it where we do the morning. Um, so we, uh, we usually start off at my in-law's house and then go back for dinner or vice versa. So we kind of open gifts and you know as we've gotten older my brother and I have gotten older it's kind of slept in a little bit later <laughs> early on it was uh, the 4:30 wake up calls for my parents but yeah we sleep in a little bit my mom and dad usually cook breakfast and then we take it from there yeah do you guys have any specific traditions that uh that, that have been with you since you were a little one or that you and your wife have have cultivated together um you know we get our christmas tree and decorate it every year and you know my dogs they they love the tree and oh, they're okay. always up in the tree. They're hunting dogs, so it's it's kind of funny that we have to make sure that they stay out of the tree and understand that this is a decoration, not a playhouse for them. That is easier said than done, yeah. especially with uh, we've got a pointer at home, and it is the uh, the same situation. I All have right. two GSPs, the so. two of them. Yep. I knew I liked you for a yep. reason. There you go. Yep. That's uh, yeah. They we've had to go fake tree because of the GSPs yep. because the real tree did not last very so, long at all. So far, they're doing well. My one who's two and a half last year was his second year with the tree and believe me he's interested we found a bird's nest in it so he was all over the <laughs> sense and but it hasn't come down knock on wood yet no uh, german short hair christmas nothing quite like yeah. that number two here uh staying on the holiday theme here uh do you have a go-to holiday movie you know home alone's always been one of my favorite one and two and then um dropping a sequel in there too national lampoons Right. I've always, always had a blast with that one. Can't go wrong with that at all. And finally, let's say you're having a team Christmas party. Which of your teammates are you picking to put in the Santa Claus suit? Oh, man. Who would make the best Santa Claus? Now, they don't have to be a big guy necessarily, but who's going to have the laugh? Who's going to have the uh, uh, the personality to pull it off? I think for sure it's Dobnak. He's a complete goofball and, you know, would have a blast with it and, he might it's, be wearing one right now. Yeah, he's the type of guy who uh, probably expect him driving around when he's driving Uber wearing the Christmas suit. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a piece of work, and he's a lot of fun to be around. I think he'd be great and have a lot of fun with the kids. I think that is a great answer. Devin, we appreciate it. Have a great holiday with your family. Uh, thanks for not only coming to town and all the good that you and Taylor have done here over the course of the holiday week of giving, uh, but for giving us a little bit of time. And we can't wait to see you on your home ground at spring training here not too not too long from now. No doubt. Thanks for having me and look forward to seeing you all at uh, Twins Fest. That's Devin Smeltzer, Devin Smeltzer and Derek Falvey, our guests today. We appreciate them joining us on another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. Be sure to play our What's Brewing competition again this week. You can do that via Twitter. We'll see you next week right here on your home for Twins Baseball.
You've been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of a Treasure Island Baseball Network.